Aserete, a bleach podcast brought to you today by the Urahara Shop. It's just a candy shop. No, no, really, it's just... Anyway, my name is Del, and today I'm joined by Lithan. Hi! <laughs> um, and we've got two seriously stacked and super exciting episodes to hit today. So let's jump right into it. What do you have for uh, episode 17, Ichigo Dies? So episode 17 starts with the usual shonen trope where it looks like our hero has fallen, but wait, a random burst of power comes from nowhere and Ichigo's spiritual pressure suddenly increases enough to turn the tables on Renji. Ryakuya steps in though, literally, like one step, it's, it's quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> it's quite impressive. Um, and he wounds Ichigo so severely that this time it really does look like he's finished. Rukia then demonstrates her impeccable a- acting skills once again, and the episode ends with Ichigo being molested in Urahara's shop before agreeing to train with him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and that does actually take us uh, pretty directly into episode 18, uh, which is called Reclaim the Power of the Shinigami. Um, so time gets a little wonky for about two seconds. Uh, we flash to the last day of school for Ichigo and Orihime and Chad and Keigo and Mizuhiro and the rest. Um, and everybody seems to have forgotten their classmate, Kuchiki Rukia, and this bothers Ichigo, which makes sense. Um, but Ichigo soon learns that Orihime and Chad and Uryu, who decided to cut class to do some dope top secret Quincy shit, apparently, uh, remember Rukia just like he does. And so with Urahara's help, Ichigo decides to train and become stronger so that he can bust his way into soul society and rescue Rukia, and Orihime and Chad decide to get in on the action too, agreeing to hone their skills under the guidance of the talking cat, Yoruichi. Ichigo's training begins, and he finds himself wrapped up in a combination of utter shenanigans and genuinely high-stakes, high-energy work in the secret training ground beneath Urahara's shop, which is not just a candy shop, to be very (laughs) clear about that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a lot goes down in these two episodes. They're super action-packed and super emotionally charged. I know you had a lot of thoughts about episode 17. Where would you you like to start? I actually think more of my notes are for episode 18. I have three pages of A4 for 18. Only like one and a bit for episode 17. A4 is like roughly eight and a half by 11 for my American (laughs) listeners out there. Just so you're all aware. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Uh, Oh, boy. But yeah, I think for for episode like 17, like you said, there there was a lot of stuff happening like Renji trying to stop Rukia going to Ichigo because it's going to add 20 years on her sentence just to go up to the kid to like try to save her life I just was like right what's wrong with these people <laughs> well especially too so I I made note of that as well so I part of me wonders whether this was just Kubo fleshing out what the justice system and soul society is like in the first place mm-hmm. but by the end of this episode or perhaps it's it's not until episode 18, I can't recall. But with, within a short period of time, we learn that the plan is for Rukia to be executed, right? Like, we, we learn that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So where does the 20 years go? Is it just 20 more years of waiting in prison? Is it... Uh, is it something like truly metaphysical where she ends up with 20 years of some sort of penance, like after her soul leaves her soul? I was going to say soul leaves her body, but they don't even have bodies in the same sense in soul society. So I just thought that adding 20 years, especially considering 
how long soul reapers can live was a really bizarre consequence. So I think the way that I read this, and I could be completely wrong here, so just shoot me down for this, but the way I read it is that Renji is all like, yeah, they're going to kill you. They're going to, not really, like, don't actually believe that. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, so oh, when he's talking gosh. about the 20 years thing, I think in his head he thinks, no, she's not actually going to be killed. This is like, I'm just playing along with this. Like, her brother's obviously going to get her out of it. Because he does, when he goes to visit her, I think in episode 18, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, says, yeah, that's 18. Yeah, he says to her about the, like, your brother's obviously going to go and get you a reduced sentence, so nothing's going to happen. Of course, you're not going to die. So in my head, I think when he said the 20 years in episode 17, he meant like he had no concept of her ever being killed. Okay, um, that makes a lot makes of sense. sense. So in theory, he knows at this point that execution is the typical punishment for g- giving your soul reaper powers over to a human but he takes it for granted that that's not going to happen. Oh my gosh, probably because because she's a Kuchki, right? And so there are so many other people that Renji knows in his life who, like, if Renji himself had done that, odds are he would be, like, super fucked because he does not have connections the way Rukia does. Yeah. But- oh, fascinating. Okay, that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know, do you want me to crack on with some of the manga differences? Only had like yeah, you're one. certainly welcome to. I have, I oh gosh, I have a decent amount of notes, but a lot of them are <laughs> like I literally, I almost shared it with everybody in the chat when I was taking my notes. <laughs> um, I have a note here where like I take bullet points, right, and one of my notes just says Byakuya, and then on the next line down, indented, it literally just says dick because he's being an <laughs> asshole so that's i had a lot of feelings during this episode um and as i'm scrolling through like there are definitely are plot points that i could bring up but why don't why don't we start with the anime and the manga differences and then i think inevitably some of these things will come out if they're important yeah well uh, let me just start by saying because I, I think some of these i'm going to really gloss over because i've got a lot especially for episode 18 but i want to start by just saying to the listeners and anybody listening there are a lot of differences and most of them are just small wording changes here's an example of what I mean about like the small wording changes so in the anime um, Renji when he's talking about his sword and he does the thing with his sword he says roar sabimaru but oh. in the manga he says hibble and I don't know what it is in the, the sub do you remember what polio is the Japanese which I know from the char- so there's a whole thing where the character the voice actors recorded um recorded songs some of them are original character songs and some of them are covers of theme songs um and at the end of one of renji's which is called sky which um i might include in a link somewhere at some point because it is just such an uplifting it's on every running playlist i ever make for myself it it makes me feel very motivated and very happy um but at the end uh he does a whole thing where he just goes just like that so sorry everyone (laughs) slash you're welcome (laughs) slash um i imagine it's just some like oh you know ah gosh see this is why i wish shiki were here like i i have a very very tenuous grasp of some aspects of japanese you keep going and i'll see what the literal translation is yeah cool no that's that's fine i think um it's just little things like that that i'm i'm not going to bring up absolutely every one of them that happens just purely because i would be there for a while renji does make use or in the anime does say that you shouldn't be able to move anymore to ichigo but in the manga he says excellent it's no fun butchering a cripple a crippled pig it's no fun butchering a crippled pig so it's like (sighs) it's a, a difference in sportsmanship there obviously in the manga he's 
obviously I can understand why that didn't make it into the anime, but I'm like, oh, uh-huh. that's quite a variable difference. I'll take a little note of that. Um, Byakuya actually steps in way earlier in the manga, so I think Renji, like, you know how Ichigo launches his initial attack after this burst of spiritual pressure? Yeah. Um, and then knocks He's so back- cute when he did that, side note. <laughs> his little face, his determination, ugh. He's so adorable. Right? Um, but Byakuya steps in really quickly after, whereas in the anime, the fight between Renji and Ichigo goes on for a while before Byakuya steps in, but Byakuya steps in way sooner than the manga. Rukia, when Rukia is like trying to convince her brother, and this was really interesting and something that I took a note down about that to discuss is her acting and manipulation of her brother to not finish Ichigo off. In the manga, she says, Ooh. Why sully why sully your blade further on him? He will soon breathe his last breath anyway. And and it's like she's almost she's saying it in a way that like and then she goes on to talk about like you know don't bother wasting your time there's no point and she's really trying to convince him of he's just not worth your time brother you're worth so much more than um, dealing the final blow on this low life but she's doing it and bringing because on she's, the she's appealing to the pride in Byakuya's yes. personality which even though we as viewers haven't seen too much of him yet his pride is very evident I think he mm-hmm. is a proud person with standards with values whether they're morally sound or not that's certainly up for debate but yeah no I clocked that as well I completely and I forgot about it that's the thing I completely forgot that she did that in the first place but boy is it heartbreaking to see her looking down at this person that you know she cares for Mm -hmm. um and then just even in the Japanese especially the change in her vocal tone when she makes that shift is is I found it very jarring and so Mm -hmm. thinking about Ichigo there potentially literally bleeding out on the ground hearing this person that he thinks is his friend talk about him in this way, I mean, it's hard to say whether Ichigo actually believes it when Rukia speaks about him like this, but boy, it's a sh- it's a sharp change. It's a sharp mm-hmm. change. It is. It's, it definitely, I, because I've watched this through, the Soul Society archive I've watched through quite a lot, and I'll talk about yeah, that me when too. we talk about Orihime, but like, I didn't really notice it as much until this time around, where we've seen Rukia's acting abilities right up till this point. But this is where she's really bringing out mm-hmm. every gun that she's ever practiced and rounding it on Byakuya in order to save Ichigo's life. And the heartbreaking thing is, is that obviously Ichigo, who's lying there dying, won't be able to connect those pieces that that's what she's done at that exact moment. So he could have potentially right. died thinking that this person that he'd come to save didn't care for him the way that he obviously cared about her, which I thought was very And you know what? Rukia probably... Ooh, I just had a thought. I wonder... So Rukia... Rukia was weighing a lot of options here. So I think, I mean, clearly she came to the conclusion that speaking about Ichigo to Byakuya this way was the was the move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that she thought, okay, it's, it's worth it if Ichigo dies on his own this way. I'm going to take that chance. But part of me is like, did she know that Kisuke was going to step Kisuke in? Kisuke was there? Yeah. I, yeah, because I'm I was thinking also thinking... the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is something that I'm looking forward to, like... 
shameless plug, the spoiler episode is coming up and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about how much other folks in Soul Society know about Kisuke, whether they know about Kisuke, to what extent. Um, so, like, it's possible that Byakuya wasn't even able to factor that in as a possibility, because I'm not sure he even knows that Kisuke is hanging out doing stuff. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that's on his radar, you know? No, I agree. I completely agree with that. And I think with, I mean, because it wasn't until I watched that moment last night that I was like, oh, I bet you she knew that he was there. Because she must know, in the manga, it's very evident that Ichigo says he cannot transform without Rukia. So Rukia right, must right. know that there must be another reason for him to appear in his soul form other than Kone. And the only other person that could help him make that transformation is, of course, Kisuke. So right. she must have this in her background of her mind, thinking he's somewhere around here. And if there's even a chance that he can step in and save Ichigo's life, I'm going to take it. So that's why she does what she did, right? She played her cards beautifully. She took mm -hmm. she took several chances and they literally all paid off. That's actually incredible. I'm mm -hmm. really impressed by her. She is. I mean, let's face it though, like our, our lovely Ukitaki knows his, his squad members, right? He does. I'm going to say. Which I, I know, I know. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. And like, this is, I was also the whole time, like, I do think that up to this point, it's not clear who Rukia's captain is. It's clear that Byakuya is a captain, but it doesn't, I don't know that anybody has ever confirmed or denied up to now whether he is her captain. And we know that there are squads, especially because now at the end of the episodes, if you watch all the way through, we get those little teasers. And there was, oh, mm -hmm. and there was one at the end of this episode that was like, it's Toshiro Itsugaya, captain of squad 10. So I figure that made you happy. <laughs> Do you know, was that at the end of this episode? Yeah, and then, and <laughs> I then episode... The, yeah, the, the end of this one had Toshiro, and then the next one was Kenpachi. So we're slowly starting to get a few flashes of names and faces. Um, I actually we don't know think, wait a minute, was that, was that your episode for the next episode recap? Because mines were different. I've literally got my notes here. At the end of episode 17, the preview for the next episode is Renji talking, just saying slash, slash, oh! slash, slash, slash. Yes, yes, yes. So um, there are the episode previews, and those are the same. But then even after, it's not quite the like the Shinigami picture book or like the illustrated guide. But there's a little a, a little snippet, and it's like Cone wearing maybe he's either wearing like a suit or a stupid wig or maybe both. I don't remember. And he's like at a radio station, um, and then he does a quick little voiceover that just is a a, a, a little tiny flash to an introduction of a couple of the captains. Um, even oh. after after the episode teaser. Uh, so at the end of 17, at the very end, it's like a quick little flash and it goes to Toshiro. And then at the end of 18, it's a quick little flash and it goes to Kenny. Right, so I've either missed these or they're not on the DVDs that I'm watching. But the really interesting thing is oh, I have that written possible. down from the manga and I have that as a whole note because there's a whole mini series in the manga of Cone's Radio. Anyway. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. That is exactly what this is, yes. That's so interesting. It's, it's different. It? Oh, in, wow. It's different in the manga because he's not introducing characters. He does something slightly different. But I'll come to that when we talk about episode eighteen. Okay, it's awesome. Cool. Towards the end. Right, oh I'm yeah. So, so circling back around, I was just going to say, like, uh, part of me was like, okay. So where is Rukia's captain in all of this? And then I thought about it and I was like, oh no, we actually know exactly where he is and I'll come back to that later. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. At me for all your squad 13 needs. Let's freaking go. <laughs> <laughs> me and you, 
you, me and you, Squad 13. I know, Squad and the cool thing babs. is we like different people in Squad 13, yep. so we have all of our bases covered. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Right, uh, so one little call out that I had, and I am going to ask you guys to upload this to the Instagram page, is there oh, is yeah, an absolutely sure. smashing picture of Orihime jumping in this sick-ass outfit. She's got, like, pigtails with a cool hat on, and she's got, like, goggles hanging around her. It's so fucking cool. She looks Is it, like, a summertime epic. thing? No, it's not even, like, a summertime thing. I don't even think I'll be able to find the picture now whilst we're on the, the chat. But, oh, wait, wait, I found it, I found it, I found it. So, no, oh, it's definitely... Okay. It's much more... It's not summer. It's, like, almost borderline sporty. And it's... It's hard to describe. She's got like it's like got a tartan print over her chest. She's got like pigtails on. She's got a really cool hat on. She's got like Ugh. fur around the waist. It's really fucking cool. Cool. It's really cool. And I think that was my first introduction going into the next chapter of just how awesome Orihime's character is in the manga. But that's a whole rant I've got coming up. <laughs> the last okay, thing we will absolutely come back to that. Honestly, I'm you're gonna you're gonna regret this. You're gonna regret stepping on the podcast. No, I'm not. I'm super excited. <laughs> um, but um, I think Urahara. So last bit of notes for this one here. I've got Urahara says that if Uryu lay there for a couple of days, he wouldn't die in the anime. But in the manga, he says if he stayed there any longer, he would die. It would take him two or oh, three days to die. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, okay, that's a bit morbid, but sure. Urahara also mentioned, if you get killed, there'll be nobody to blame. But in the manga, he says, don't use her as an excuse to kill yourself about Rukia. So huh. it, was, it was really, because like in the in the anime, he just sort of tapered off. Like, if you got killed, there'd be nobody else to blame for what? I wonder. I wonder. Uh, but I the manga... wonder. Oh, boy. That's pretty unclear. Yeah, because I so I, I assumed initially that he was talking about soul society, right? Because Rukia gave Ichigo her powers, and that's the primary crime that she's been charged with. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I suppose it it is worth noting that, like, Urahara clearly knows things about soul society for some reason. He's hanging out with some powerful people back at his shop. Like they're they are not they are not not a potential liability sort of. So I wonder if he's covering his own ass a little bit. Yeah. I That's the only other theory yeah. I have really. Yeah. Yeah, that I never thought about that but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Renji's uh, thing that he says before his sword changes, it's hoero in, in, in Japanese. Um, and as far as I can tell, that pretty much just means roar. It, when it's written, it's, it's, it's made of three different uh, component parts, um, three kind of s- syllables in a way. Um, the first one is a character that has a direct meaning attached to it. And the second two are just phonetic. So they just like make sound kind of Mm. so as far as i can tell renji's command word thing is is like roar and i'm gonna be a little extra is is kind (laughs) of the vibe which Um, suits his character it's perfect Mm -hmm. like your 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 zampakuto is a manifestation of your spiritual energy i'll say oh sweet boy he tries so hard i really like him (laughs) (laughs) i love that yeah Yeah, i love that but yeah i think that was i mean apart from how the episode ended so like at the end of the episode ichigo i think in the in the anime says like i have no choice but in the manga he's like let's do this 
So it's like Ooh. the only reason I took the note of that was because of how different it was. It wasn't just like a word change. It was a whole meaning change. Where in the anime, it's almost like, a, well, I've got no choice, have I? But in the manga, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, it's the right thing to do. Um, cool. But yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. And then that's all I've got for episode 17. The rest is for episode 18. And most of it is a rant. Ah, okay, great, nice. Um, so in that case, I feel as though let me say, let me say, let me say, I feel like we've covered a lot of uh, a lot of the plot points from episode seventeen. There are, there, oh God, there are so many details in both of these episodes. It's absolutely yes. wild. Oh my goodness, I I'm like scrolling through all these notes, and there are just I. I wrote down so many things and so many of them are small and like straight up, I am a very detail oriented person and I love world building. So we get a lot of that um, in episode 17. And so I think if I were to speak about every single one, we would be here for a very long time. <laughs> but I, I, I hope that we can maybe go back over some of these during the spoiler episode or something like that. So I think... Gosh, I think I'll probably, I think I'll probably just leave it at that. Ugh! Except, <laughs> except for one thing that I just can't leave alone. Go for um, it. Well, which is, which is the moment. I just, I do want to acknowledge the moment when uh, Ricky is kind of leaving Soul Society. Sorry, leaving the human world to go to Soul Society with Byakuya and Renji. When Byakuya mentions, he's super, super vague about it. He's talking about oh, I understand the way you feel, Rukia. And I was like, that's an unexpected moment. And he says, oh, Ichigo looks a lot like him. And that's all he him. says. So mm -hmm. I do want to acknowledge that Ichigo looks like someone from Rukia's past that both Byakuya and Rukia have a point of reference for. And I really thought I was back, back before when I was watching this episode and I forgot that Byakuya was about to say, oh, he looks a lot like him, whoever that is. Um, I thought it was going to be Byakuya talking about how willing Rukia was to make a big sacrifice for somebody that he he that she cares about. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, of course you understand that, Byakuya. And then he turned it around and he and he just was a dick again, which is which is where I have the note dick in, in my because <laughs> he was a dick um okay <laughs> i have some notes here about the differences between the sub and the dub which i can go awesome. into not too many yeah. the the first note is um it just kind of it reinforces some of what we're saying about rukia's top-notch acting skills i would say um so the part when like ichigo's lying on the ground rukia is a bit like oh, well, we have a difference in status and I'm just going to leave you and I, I, and it's not worth it to sully your sword, Nisama, whatever, whatever. She uses a word towards Ichigo, which like, which probably jarred Ichigo quite a lot. The word is kozo, which is like, you little brat, essentially. Mm. Um, whereas in the English, uh, she, she just says, you better know your place, uh, rather than saying like, oh, you, you you better know your place, kid, or something. They cut the kid, which I think makes a lot of sense because that's not really the point. Um, and that word, that word hits different, you know, in, uh, in English. I think it seems a little bit pettier, whereas talking about knowing your place, like, bold fucking moves, Rukia, that's intense. Yeah. And, and we don't really have an equivalent to that. So then the other thing actually circles back around to something that we spoke about on the last podcast episode. Um, and it's something that I'm hopeful that we can come back to when we've got Shiki on again, uh, because he 
studied Japanese more than the rest of us. But as I mentioned previously, at this point in time, Urahara's pronoun of choice confirmed is Atashi, which these days tends to have a slightly feminine connotation. Shiki just uh, mentioned uh, when we were chatting earlier that this is not an uncommon first person pronoun of choice for uh, for men, even, who were, like, opening shops at the end of the Edo area, which, uh, era, rather, which was about a hundred-ish years ago. Um, and we know that soul, soul Reapers lived for a long time, so it's perfectly possible that this particular choice uh, is sort of reflective of Urahara's gender expression or his rejection of some conventional aspects of masculinity or whatever. But it also could be like, oh, here's here's an indicator of my status. I'm just a humble shopkeeper. Ba, 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 ba. Um, and, and if he were opening a shop circa 100 years ago, for example, mm-hmm. um, people would have heard that and gone, yes, that makes sense. So that's just that's just something worth noting. And it's it's not so much a difference between the dub and the sub, but it is a nuance that you can't really articulate in English. So yeah. uh, worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's so interesting. Isn't it? Oh, God, mm-hmm. I love this stuff. I love learning about the way that people speak about themselves and others. I love this kind mm-hmm. of nuance. It's like one of my favorite things. That's it for sub and dub differences for 17. Are we ready to move on to 18? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you dating? <laughs> Are we there? <laughs> Honestly, I don't feel like I have enough information to answer that question. Uh, I'm excited and scared. <laughs> so just to give the audience a little bit of context, I think it was it was late last night my time. I don't know what time it was for you and Cheeky when I came late on and I was like, right. I oh yeah, I was still at work. Raging. I missed a lot of this, and then I reread it quickly. Oh my god, I'm. St- oh boy. Yeah. So I was not happy. Not happy. Do you want to kick things off then, just so that we make sure we get enough time to to go into this properly? Yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm just gonna fucking say it. Orihime's character in the anime was fucking shite, right? I have watched the anime through, and I'm sorry if you like if you watch the anime and you like her, right? But I'm just gonna completely voice my opinions here. I watched the anime through, I've watched the Soul Society arc through five times now. This is my fifth watch through of the Soul Society nice. arc on Very anime nice. in dub. Thank you. Um <laughs> this is my first time reading it in the manga. And my God, did the anime do her character like dirty, like seriously, seriously dirty. So where I really noticed it and where I went on my big massive rant last night where I was like, bah, 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 in the chat was there's a scene where Orihime and Ichigo are sitting down and Ichigo, like where Orihime's approached Ichigo and gone, where's Rukia? And so we get the scene of them sitting on the steps and they're chatting and Ichigo's obviously mm-hmm. telling her what's happened. And mm-hmm. in the anime, what happens is Ichigo says, I'm surprised you could see us. And Orihime starts going, oh, well, you know, with my brother, blah, 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 me, 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 me. Oh, Rukia's probably really happy now she's gone back to the Soul Society with all her friends. Yep. You don't have to do yep. anything. It's almost like she was trying to manipulate him out of it. That is not what she does in the manga. It's the polar opposite in the manga. Oh, she, the minute The minute Ichigo says, I'm surprised you could see us, she practically cuts him off with a, like, what are you going to do? Like, you need to go and <gasps> save her. And she's like, she does say, so she voices, she takes Ichigo's 
the obviously the the things that he's got going on in his head she takes them she voices them and she turns them around where she says and i am quoting from the manga here um rukia came from that world in the first place right her family her friends everything they're all over there what are you going to do after you save her will you take her away from her family and friends and bring her back here is that the right oh thing boy. to do of course oh it is of course it is sure i could say all this stuff but you've already made up your mind and then she's like you need to go and save her um, and then she does that cute scene where she's like, "You're gonna throw out your lower lip, um, you're gonna, you're gonna go and yeah, see oh, her." Yeah, that you're was gonna... hilarious. So cute. But in the manga, it's it's a lot more of like, a, "This is what you're gonna do." I'm telling you what you're gonna do, rather than a, "Oh, here's what I could see you doing." Tee-hee-hee. But then when she says she she says the final thing that makes him make up his mind, she says, "Go and save her. Good luck. I don't want my friend Rukia to die either." Oh, and God. then Ichigo at that moment raises his fist, stands up, and he's like, no, you're right, thanks, Orihime, and he runs off. And then at the end of the manga, Orihime's like, sure, just don't get hurt, okay? Which she doesn't say at all in the anime, but that gives us a flashback to her power again, where her power stems from of this, I don't want you to get hurt. And then yeah. in the anime, Chad appears out of nowhere, and Chad's like, oh, we should go and help him. Whereas in the manga, uh, the manga Orihime And she hesitates, Chad. doesn't she? Yes. Like, she, Chad kind of needs to push her, which is weird, because Chad's not a super assertive dude. Yeah, completely. And this is another thing as well, whereas in the manga, Orihime is straight on the phone to Chad saying, I've already made up my mind. Ugh. I know. That's and that's, the, that's not even the worst bit, right? Okay. It even happens again later where we know how we've got um, Yoroichi shows up and Yoroichi's like, I'm going to train you. And then they go and they speak to Uryu um, mm-hmm. and the waterfall and stuff. And, and he's chatting about training and I'm stuff. I was just like, well. where is this waterfall? Sir, <laughs> do you choose locations based on aesthetic alone? Probably. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good he's the um, cleanest garbage fire the world has ever seen <laughs> i love that That's i love so him funny. That's so <laughs> funny but um yeah so anyway uh yoroichi is like i think in the anime orihime says something like oh you know i'm really scared blah 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 um but like she's like no i'm going to go and train with this cat and chad even there's a little panel in the manga where chad looks at her and he's like oh my god she's really brave and and it's like they just done her character so fucking dirty in the anime like they turned her into this little almost like a girl that was trying to manipulate each that was how i read the situation she was trying to manipulate yeah, each yeah, yeah. Even going and doing anything so, about this the way that i interpreted that scene was less less manipulation and more just sheer ignorance mm. i sort of got the sense that to be fair none of the humans that we've encountered or or i guess the quincy whatever and i guess ichigo is like part soul reaper part human whatever he's a human for all intents and purposes here they they haven't been to soul society they know what exists they don't know what it's like so it is reasonable i sort of thought for orihime to assume okay ruki is going back to where she comes from so that's probably a good thing right she's got friends she's got family this is her home so to me that demonstrated like, a lack of wanting to probe further. I think she didn't seem manipulative. I just think she seemed a bit stupid, really. And I hate Mm. to say that because she is super strong and she is, like, one of the most emotionally intelligent anime characters in the whole entire shonen canon, I would say. And I just don't think that's fleshed out sufficiently in this scene. She seems very one-track mind and she seems pretty simple about a lot of this. Yes. 
Yeah, so I, I guess, <laughs> to me, it was just like, and, too, the fact that Ichigo seems to have explained, okay, cool, Rukia went back to Soul Society. The fact that Orihime's conclusion was she's going to be happy because she probably has family and friends there means that Ichigo chose to leave out some details, some significant mm. details. Um, and I understand that he maybe wanted to protect Orihime's heart, sort of, and her... He He knew that if Orihime knew the full scope of what was going on, she probably would be scared and be worried and maybe even try to do something. And maybe Ichigo wanted to keep Orihime safe because he's a protector and that's what he does. Maybe um, that says a lot about their relationship in anime versus yeah. manga then, doesn't it? Because Yeah, the, that's a really anime, good point. Yeah, if that's how he's treating her. But in the manga, he obviously told her everything and he obviously knew that she could handle it. I feel like they, this, the fact that they respect each other comes through in the manga much more strongly. I think their relationship is a little bit muddy in the anime. I think it's a little bit, it's like, oh, this is a boy and a girl and they're friends. And so you all know exactly what that means, right, viewers? No, we actually don't because everybody's different. And just because a boy and a girl are friends yes. doesn't mean it's going to fall into line with all of these tropes that we expect. Bleach subverts plenty of tropes as it is. It leans into some real hard, but it subverts yeah. plenty too. So, gosh, yeah. I don't know, man. I was, uh, anyway, that was my big thing. Like, I am digging manga Orihime so much more I, yeah I dude just, she's a badass she's a total badass she really is and yeah and even that line though swung me because obviously Rukia is like one of my favorite 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 characters obviously but in the manga where she says you know I don't want my friend Rukia to die either so even although at the back of my mind maybe Orihime is like look it's clear she likes Ichigo and mm-hmm. it's clear that at points she's thought that something was going on between Rukia and Ichigo. The fact yes. that she's still sending Ichigo after Rukia because she knows that if anybody can save her, it's him. She's risking yes. putting the man that she likes in danger in order to save her friend. And I didn't get that in the anime at all. Whereas and the manga that... is like... Oh my gosh, that's super subversive, actually, because even, like, whether you interpret a lot of this as Orihime having a crush on Ichigo or not, like, let's let's just say, for the sake of making this point, that she does have a crush, crush on Ichigo, she's romantically interested, whatever. I feel like your typical anime girl would just be like, oh, Kurosaki-kun, I love you, whatever, whatever. The fact that she's pushing him to do something that could put him with a potential quote-unquote rival, yes. I don't think Rukia and Orihime see each other that way at all, because they're... They're basically both grown-ass women, and they can handle themselves. But um, that's mature, and that's mm-hmm. different. And and I like it, and I'm sad yep. that it didn't come through in the anime. Oh my god. Now you understand why I was raging last night. I do! I do! That was like, appropriate <sighs> barbarian levels of rage right there. Yes. And completely a, justified. God. Such a great, strong female character. Not in the sense of look at my muscles, but in the sense of doing what's morally right, even if it means putting her feelings to the side. Yeah. Like, something like that. That level of strength to do something like that and to, to want to protect Rukia, the, the need to, to feel like she has to do something to protect Ichigo, which is why she yeah. calls Chad up and is like, I've already made my mind up. I don't want him to get hurt. That, to me, just made Orihime's character, like it solidified her as one of the stronger female characters in Bleach and I didn't get that and I also think it emphasizes I mean because we all know what Orihime's character design is like at this point like you can be pretty and you can be cute Mm -hmm. and you can like be an anime girl with big boobs and still have a personality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh wow so anyway I know that took up so much time 
Yeah, no, that's okay. I'm interested to see how this trend continues going forward. I was going to say if, and then I thought about it, and I was like, no, I don't think this is going to improve significantly <laughs> if memory serves. No. Yeah, hmm. there are specific moments in... in uh, in future arcs that I'm that I'm thinking of that I remember really distinctly in my mind and I'm like, oh, I wonder what Orihime does in the manga in those moments. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, me too. I'm really <laughs> excited to see what happens. But uh, I'm just going to batter on real quick because I know timing wise, uh, we're probably going to run over an hour for this episode, but um, that's all my fault. Uh, apologies, that's okay. guys. But right, just really quick, I'm just going to batter through some of the other manga differences for this episode. The At the beginning of the manga, there was no brooding from Ichigo, whereas in the anime, me, there was that fantastic beautiful nothing can be explained soundtrack which it just makes me mm. oh, just gets me every time totally we meet a character called Momohara Tensu Momohara, who's sitting in Rukia's seat, and Ichigo doesn't remember his name, despite apparently having been asked to go to Karate Club by him a few times, which I thought was Oh, yikes. Funny. Oh, no! Ichigo forgets the weebs! <laughs> he does, he no! so does. <laughs> which, honestly, fair. <laughs> uh, we got a flashback to Urahara giving Ichigo painkillers with a skull and crossbones on them that he was taking throughout his class. Um, oh, and then he says, go, just go to school it's your last day go to school and then when you go off on vacation that's when you can come back and you know we can catch up this is something for you to potentially bring up in the spoiler episode because he says something about Rukia vanishing from people's memory and becoming a blank which for anybody that has seen the first anime movie of Bleach that's a prominent thing I don't know I've got memories of something yeah, uh, so there, there's yeah, blank no. <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. the manga teacher is phenomenal. She tells them all to go and break some rules when they're on vacation because it makes for good memories, but as long as they come back Hell alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she tells them not to die, like, straight up in the anime, <laughs> which, reason. yeah, dude, she seems great. I would take her class. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, so good. Ichigo has a moment where, so instead of this scene, because I think in the anime we see Yuzu, Karin, and Ishin having a family moment, blah, blah, blah. But in the yes, we manga, do. we just get Ichigo going straight to or uh, to Urahara's shop and then he has a moment of where he bows really low and thanks for saving me shouts at him he's oh. like thank you for saving me but Urahara cool. turned around at that point and Urahara turns back and he goes did you say something and he's like no and Urahara's like I didn't think so oh I'm going to look forward to this like kicking his oh, ass and training it's really good it's so good. <laughs> it's so good oh gosh so I thought that was really funny and they have great patter when they go underneath the shop and we get that big massive open arena that Urahara mm-hmm. has built and Urahara's like you know the ceiling we've made the ceiling look like the sky to lighten the mood and each goes like it looks like a prison and Urahara's like but we've planted some trees and each goes like but they're all dead and he's like but we've you know we've built this under a city and each goes like yeah probably violating all the building rules like he's just not happy in the manga it's so funny though the banter <laughs> is hilarious He's such a punk. Oh, he's so funny. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pick out the, the big ones now. I think, to be honest. Yeah, sure thing. Like, I, I thought there was one funny moment where Ura ha- eh, Uri freaks out of the cat. I know he does that in the anime, but he freaks out yes, sometimes yes, as bad in the manga. He freaks out even more. And even when he's sitting there all composed, the minute the cat talks again, he goes to punch it. It's really funny. Oh, um, you! <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that was everything. The only last thing I had was that at the end of volume seven, there's a segment about the radio cone where cone mm. answers fan questions so oh, they actually does get cone fans have fans 
No, like fans. I know that that's not. No, I know that's not what she means. <laughs> oh god! But do you know what's so cute? Right, there was a he gets Rookie on to help him answer a question because there was a boy that wrote into Taiti Kubo saying that he likes this girl in his class and he keeps teasing <gasps> her, but he doesn't know how to get. Like, every time he, he meets her, he just he can't help himself. He just teases her, but he really really likes her. And Rookie gives him the response and the and the the radio thing, but he's like. Where she's like, no girl will want to speak to you or want anything to do with you if you make fun of her. So you have to just like take the embarrassment and just be nice. That's um, very good advice. So good advice. Uh, I recommend to anybody if you've got volume seven of the manga, read the end because there's there's loads of funny bits and there's some really good advice in it. Oh, and I love it. that. And frankly, I think Rookie is a good mentor for anybody of any gender. Frankly speaking, I yes. like. She makes some decisions that I wouldn't make myself, probably, occasionally, but but mm-hmm. we're different people, right? And, like, in very different situations. But that's cool. And I like the fact that then Rukia could potentially be, if, if this is a young boy who wrote in, like, the idea that this boy might now have this, like, strong, tiny, badass lady Soul Reaper as a role model, that's so cool. That's so cute, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was it. That was all the manga differences I had. I've had my rant. I feel good. Okay. <laughs> um, I figure I'll hit the I'll hit the dub and sub differences real okay. quick, and then if we have any time remaining, <laughs> I'll I'll probably hit a couple of the notes I have, but just mm-hmm. um just pretty quickly. One of the differences uh, between the sub and the dub is about Kago, sweet Kago, who also tries real hard. He and he and Renji should hang out actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they've all been released for the summer vacation. He's a little bit more self-deprecating in the English than he is in Japanese. He talks about how he's like stoked that he doesn't need to use his head to think about anything now that school is out um sort of acknowledging that maybe he's not super strong in academic areas but in japanese he just bulldozes over that and goes straight into his plans to go to the beach which live your life man (laughs) speaking of summer plans coming back this has come up so much and i don't i don't mind that we're speaking about it a lot uh in early episodes because this is not a character who features too heavily later on this is it's, it's mizuiro Yep. And his aptitude for affection from the older ladies. <laughs> he talks about the fact that he's going to go to Hawaii, which good for him. And Keigo is like, oh, are you going with your older girlfriend in, in the Japanese? Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in the English, he just says girlfriend. He doesn't mention that, that this person is older. But it, it does come up that Mizuiro is also going with nine other, other women. <laughs> I know. It's it's. It's just so goofy to me. I, I, it's like it's a, it's very silly, but it's a detail I actually like. And goodness knows why Mizuiro is down to down to hang out in this way with so many people. I mean, people who get around have their reasons, but um, it continues to be canon, and that's where yep. we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're protection, kids. We're protection, please. And who's to say that Mizuiro is even doing that? Like, I yeah. mean, we would neither confirm nor denied. But yes, please be safe. Um, <laughs> please, God, be safe. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, just kind of something to note. Um, it comes back to the Kurosaki family. There is a line in the English where Ishin says, he, he's talking about their, their summer plans, and he's like, oh, we don't really need Ichigo to have fun. Uh, hey, Yuzu and Karin, why don't we play a game of truth or dare? And Karin subsequently punches him, at which point I, I 
noted, like, Karin and Ichigo are really similar, and it's really cool and really badass, <laughs> right? Yep. But in the Japanese, um, he, he does say, oh, well, the girls, why don't you guys sleep in, in dad's bed tonight? Like, why don't we do that? Um, which, just to be, like, super clear about it, like, that is that is not a weird thing, that is not... A, a sexy thing at all it's just there's a difference in culture that means that like joking in that way or um i, I don't want to say like babying kids or whatever but there's like a parent-child relationship that is pretty solid up until like around age 12 so yuzu and karin are like right on that threshold kind of but like sleeping in the same bed uh bathing as a family like all of that is is totally cool totally okay totally not weird and I know that for a Western audience, that might raise some eyebrows, but just like making it clear that if you happen to be watching the sub, uh, Ishin saying that, like, he's not being creepy. He's not being like yeah. a weird pervy dad. He's just, he's just being a dad. Um, yeah, and Karin still sure. punches him, which, fair. Uh, <laughs> which fair, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with she's, this. She's that... on that threshold as well, isn't yeah. she? So she's probably like, oh, get Tiff. I know this shit Exactly. Again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's the same thing as being like, oh, do you want this like pink cuddly teddy bear? Yes. And Karin's like, no, dad, no. I'm an adult. I'm 12. Yeah. Like, that, that kind of yep. thing. Yeah. Yep. Another one that I that I thought was um, especially telling. Uh, so, haha, the iconic moment when Renji is walking through the sixth wearing his pink flowered drapey <laughs> goodness. Um, and he's barefoot. He just... God, I I I really like Renji, y'all. He's really chill and really casual with all the folks uh, in in the sixth division that are walking past him and saying good morning. Um, he replies super casually when they greet him. It's like super chill. It seems like they have a pretty good relationship. Whereas in the English, he says at ease, which to be fair is an indication of like you can let your guard down. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm in my pajamas, but mm -hmm. um. He seems quite upright and quite military, I think, in the English. Whereas in the Japanese, it's like, hey, man, I'm just like a rough and tumble one of you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that suits Renji's character more. And I, yeah. I think, again, like translating into English is always challenging because you have to match lip flaps and you have to make sure that your voice actor can like replicate the vibe appropriately. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. So like, I'm not confused about why they made that choice, but the vibes are super different. He's also more casual when he checks on rukia when she's in that cell he asks in the japanese whether she's still sulking and in the english he says are you still being insubordinate and difficult that's a translation that, that right i know Weird, that right? from the manga to the, the what does it say in yeah. the manga so in the the manga it says the same thing as a sub really yeah yeah because that feels more like the vibe to me and, and i think i think you get i mean throughout this exchange as well um in the english renji continues to be like very formal and very military um which is why because the first time i watched bleach through a bajillion years ago i watched it in the english and i did remember thinking like oh like Renji is like a solid bad guy. He's got this moral code. He's uh he's an underling of Byakuya, so it makes a lot of sense that he's acting in this way. Since, you know, watching more of Bleach later and then now watching it through again in the Japanese, I think you get a much better sense. We don't have a lot of confirmation at this point, but the way that they speak to each other absolutely indicates history and friendship um which i don't think it's a spoiler to say they do indeed have so yeah gosh it's just and then if you want to talk about like how people refer to each other once again um like there's this whole bit in the japanese and i just don't know how well it translates in the english um where 
Rukia is talking about like, oh, I should just like sit up straight and say yes to you and pander to you because you're a lieutenant. Oh, ba 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 ba, Fukutaichu, Oh my god, I can't say words. I'm gonna. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a bit where um she's continuing this exchange and she's being super sassy and she's being she's making very clear jokes and she's riffing on the formality uh, that Renji's title affords him and she goes, oh, like I should I so, like salute to you, Fukutaicho Dono and like all this stuff and she repeats. Fukutaicho Dono a lot, which is Fukutaicho means lieutenant, which is Renji's position. And then Dono is like, it's not quite sir, but almost. Um, so she's sassy as hell. And then when she <laughs> wants to say some real shit, she just calls him Renji. Yeah. Straight up. It's so good. And that's nice. It was the exact <laughs> same in the manga. I got that that from the manga as well, where it was like she was making fun of his lieutenancy and just being like uh, uh-huh. uh yeah exactly the same exactly and like same. i feel like this is something they've done before mm-hmm. that's that felt really yes. familiar and comfy to me even though yep. she's literally behind bars yeah you're getting a sense that these two characters definitely know each other they've definitely got history a lot of it a lot of it yeah there's there's no doubt no doubt at all sick so that's that's what i've got for uh dub and sub differences for this week i think Gosh, other than that, there's so much, y'all. These episodes were absolutely stacked. Yes. Yeah, I guess I did just want to draw attention to um, the fact that Urahara and the people he hangs out with are really fucking powerful. And that yes. is made very clear in this episode, and we haven't really seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know what their deal is. They are powerful people, and they are very and they are shrouded in mystery, mm-hmm. and they're a little they're a little weird um and i just didn't want to overlook that because this is kind of the first time that that we've seen that uh yeah. so far the first time that we've seen it in a super concrete way like they've rolled up unannounced and have solved problems before um but this time uh, you get to see like how do you make a basement that is like that that's incredible mm-hmm. how does ichigo end up bound in the bottom of a pit without being aware of it until tessai says oh yeah i just used bakudo 99 on you which is a big deal. Yes. Like uh, he knows Kido. <laughs> the only the higher... other person that knows Kido is Rukia. Mm-hmm. So that's already telling us something. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And and like as well, if you'll if you go back and you listen to, uh, I th- I think the number of the Kido spell that Rukia used when we saw her use Kido previously was like. What does she use off? She uses thirty four often. I think mm-hmm. right, uh, something like that. Something in maybe the thirties. Tessa uses a number 99 spell and like their keto spells are not ranked arbitrarily. So just let that sink in. We haven't touched on really this at all, but Byakuya like straight up destroyed like Ichigo's not literally destroyed his spiritual energy, but basically almost, and then like also the means of restoring it. So he like knocked Ichigo down a bunch of a bunch of rungs on that ladder. Mm-hmm. Um and Kisuke is making a very active point of asking Ichigo to restore both his ability to access that power and then from there uh like further power levels and like his ability to become a soul reaper again anyway like the the chain that we see on him at the end of episode 18 is because currently he's he's not able to become a soul reaper like we saw before of his own means he is kind of just a normal dude now who is just as in danger of becoming a hollow as someone like Orihime's brother so that's why Ichigo needs to undergo all of this really intense training because right now he is in no position to do anything Anything. in a soul reaper form he he literally can't do it right now so i think gosh i have more stuff but i think we're coming up on time so um 
maybe some of this will come up in the spoiler episode. I certainly hope so, because there's a lot of world building stuff uh, in both of these episodes. Um, have you got any so, last, you have... do, you want, do you want to do one last highlight? Fuck it, we'll run over a wee bit. Okay, if if you're going to push me, I suppose I can choose something. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, go for it. Uh, oh god, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, this, this is going to circle back to something that I think I mentioned in maybe the first or second episode of the podcast, and it does come back once again to part of the reason that I love Bleach so much. At the beginning of episode 18, uh, when Rukia has gone back to Soul Society and we see Ichigo in school uh, having been profoundly emotionally impacted by this, um, we see that his classmates are just going on with their day-to-day lives. And Ichigo sort of mentions this in his inner monologue. Um, And something that he says is even with Rukia gone, our world continues to turn. That just really hit me because it reinforced the idea once again that like, oh, one of the most magical things ever about Bleach to me is the fact that like, we cannot confirm and we cannot deny mm. the existence of something like Soul Society. So for all, mm-hmm. literally, for all you and I know, Lethan, we've been in school with a Soul Reaper who's come down to the human world just like Rukia did. And for all we know, our memories have been altered and we just aren't aware that we ever had that interaction. So as it, I, I don't know what feeling it inspired. I was going to say it's almost so nostalgic, good. but that's not quite mm-hmm. right. It's like a sense of, of longing and yearning Magic for something and... truly magical. Yes. yes. Um, so even though we're presented with this idea again in a way that is sad, and um, and it makes sense for Ichigo to be sad. He's just lost the company of a very good friend. I, as the viewer, couldn't help but feel... <laughs> Classic Squad 13. I was like, I was gonna feel, I was gonna say that I feel hopeful. Hopeful. (laughs) I know, but I actually do. I actually do because I just basically, I don't know, maybe it's because so much in the real world is is feeling so bleak right now. The idea that there could be, and like, Soul Society is shit in its own way too. Let's be very Mm -hmm. clear about that. But it is magical and it is full of adventure and excitement. And we've gotten to see some extraordinary friendships that exist within the confines of Soul Society and beyond. And so just like, shout out to Bleach for giving me a sense of hope, even when the real world is dark and can feel very heavy sometimes. Dale, I'll see you in Squad 13 when we go, right? Oh, oh god, I hope so! Although, are we gonna... I literally don't know what you look like! (laughs) (laughs) I guess I should go to your YouTube channel sometime and then I could solve that problem right quick. Honestly, it's all good. I think I'd be able to find you just from your voice alone. Oh. I don't know whether to be flattered or offended. I'm choosing to be flattered. <laughs> flattered, definitely flattered, definitely. Here's to that. <laughs> cool, okay. Right. Even though we could, we, clearly we could talk about these two episodes for another 16 hours we plus. Mm-hmm. We could. Is there is there anything in, in the news this week, sort of, as, as far as Bleach goes, uh, delving, not diving, <laughs> delving into the Dongai? Yeah, uh, so there's nothing big. I've been all over Twitter, I've been all over Tumblr. There's been nothing that I can see that's huge, but you know that's fine because I want the audience to know that the anime isn't out yet. It's not even been given a confirmed date yet, to our knowledge, from any reliable sources or a confirmed production studio. I don't think exactly. Yeah, so I think at the moment things are a bit quiet, but 
you know, as the podcast goes on, as we stick to it, as we get closer to the anime coming out, I am hopeful that there is going to be lots and lots of news hitting us. So I'm we'll certain there will be. There's got to be. Yeah, there will be. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that things have been a little bit quiet lately. And so we're going to keep this segment because we do want to keep you all updated. That's part of the purpose of what we're doing here. So, um... Great. If there's nothing there, then should we scoot ahead to our award section, our Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition? Yes, yes. Will we start with um, who wore it best? Yeah, please. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> I've put down Rukia wearing her manipulation abilities. So, like, her acting oh, abilities. Oh, girl. Because she's good. <laughs> she's good. That's a really good shout out. Yeah. Oh, boy. She crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mine is like kind of literal, but <laughs> kind of a meme. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, so so Renji clearly makes choices as far as aesthetic goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this time, I'm actually not giving it to Renji himself. Uh, I'm giving this shout out to Renji's sunglasses, wearing that big old crack right in the middle, right before they <laughs> fall off of his face. <laughs> It's so stupid. I love it. I love it. Next, best ship. Okay, so this one here, I had to, I had to do this right because I just love it so much. I've put my ears and the nothing can be explained soundtrack of Bleach Ooh. because I love it so much. Every time it plays, I get like that that feeling that you were trying to describe of like yeah. soul society existing, that magical, that that like nostalgic. It's just like Tatsuki's punching me with it in the gut. Um, every yeah. single time I hear it so that's what I've put for my ship oh that's a match made in soul society if I've ever heard <laughs> one that's beautiful mine is a crack ship for sure um <laughs> I'm I so so just is it the butterflies is it the butterflies no no it's not but good shout out to the butterflies which um go back and watch episode 18 it's the scene when Renji is walking through the sixth division he runs into a little sixth division um I don't know if he's even a seated officer I think he's just some dude I don't know either um and he like does this whole thing where he tries to like lure in um one of the butterflies that they use for communication in soul society with like a a sexy butterfly of the opposite gender which (laughs) it's just so stupid god the sixth that's just it the sixth division is like we're so serious but they're secretly really stupid and I just love it. <laughs> no, the ship that I chose is a ship that I like don't ship and will never write anything about ever. But I'm gonna say, like that brief moment, I'm I'm gonna say Ichigo and Tessai when Tessai was <laughs> warming Ichigo <gasps> up by laying on top of him when he was recuperating in Urahara's shop. When he was um, molesting him. <laughs> well, I see, I don't I just don't want to do Tessai dirty that way. Uh, okay, I don't like thinking about Tessai that way, which is why it's like, I don't know. So you know what? I'm going to say for the purposes of this ship, they're both ace and they're just cuddling. Okay. And that's that's my headcanon and I'm sticking to it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Oh, double take. Uh, and finally, yes, double take, double take. Yes. Uh, mine's obviously was fucking all of Orihime's amazing manga moments. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, we've said enough about that. Yeah, we have. <laughs> there's no point. There's no point. No, I know. And that was truly not trying to be shady. Just like, we we don't need to be the dead horse. Yeah, um, we have. Yep. Yeah. I, and this is, gosh, two weeks in a row, this is another moment that I actually went back and watched again because I was like, Haha, what happened? Um, just the moment of Byakuya slashing Ichigo with mm. his ridiculous speed. 
holy shit. You get a lot of insight into Byakuya's character in that moment because his expression doesn't change. He's so graceful. This whole thing is effortless. And even Renji, who has spent time with Byakuya, is like, I didn't even see him draw his sword. So Byakuya is a fast-ass motherfucker. And And, and do you know what's really interesting about that? And I know this is... Mm breaching spoiler territory there but we find out something later that makes that scene and his power even more significant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no anyway. i got you uh, yep yep mm-hmm. yep fully yeah so if if you know you know and shout out to shout out to everybody who knows and everybody who doesn't um we love you all <laughs> um yeah so that's that's my double take moment oh fucking fast ass byakuya Brilliant. get it sir um have you uh come across anything exciting in the fandom this week so my fandom shout out's actually going to go to somebody who wrote me a fic. So this is just a heads up. This is very much an 18, 18 plus, very, very much an 18 plus fan fiction. And for anybody okay, in the fan cool. fiction world who knows what Omegaverse is, it is an Omegaverse AU Rukia and Ichigo fic. Uh, And it's called Push My Luck by Withered. It is 57,000 words long, but it is amazing. And there is a lot of plot in with the other stuff. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) 57,000 words, no plot. Omegaverse, let's go. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Oh, God, that sounds sounds epic uh, if Omegaverse (laughs) is something you enjoy. Sick. Like, the tagline is literally, this fic is dedicated to Leith and Wolf who wanted an ABO, Ichiruki, and spawned a fic that has entirely too much sex. That is. Oh my god! I just connected the fact that you've got you've got you've got wolf in your name. I get it now. (laughs) 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 Ah, Okay, we're gonna move on. Uh, (laughs) um, My my shout out this week is uh, to a cosplayer that I've followed for a little while. So she she does uh, like various shonen cosplays. There's a lot of My Hero Academia. There's there's actually there's some Legend of Zelda in here now that I'm looking through. Uh, occasional Attack on Titan, but I know her most for her Yoruichi cosplay. Uh, this cosplayer's name is Destiny Siren. She is a cosplayer of color, and I really want to uplift cosplayers of color right now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, because anybody in the cosplay community is like, you only have your own body to use as your instrument, right? And so, like, if mm-hmm. you are a black person and you want to cosplay Ichigo, fucking go for it. Because if okay. you're Ichigo, then your Ichigo is black, and that's the world we're living in. So yes. if you feel otherwise, uh, then then I then I just am not gonna hang out with you ever. that goes for the crossing of gender roles and and, and entering oh any my god please as well. yeah yeah dude, the first cosplay I ever did was Urahara and I wasn't assigned male at birth. Atashi notwithstanding Um, so yeah so this cosplayer Destiny Siren all one word on Instagram Uh, there are uh, a couple of cosplays she does that are characters that haven't been introduced yet she does she does Rukia and her Rukia is just beautiful like the way that she channels that determination oh god so beautiful also um she currently has 944 followers on instagram so i think it'd be really sick if we could get her to a thousand because she's really cool and deserves all of the follows i'm gonna Um, go and follow her right now shoot her link shoot her link in the chat yeah dude she's great so um check it out uh yoruichi rukia um and a character from the next canon arc who i'm not gonna bother naming because uh 
uh, we'll get there when we get there. So yes. yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. Destiny Siren on Instagram, all one word. Is that us done or do we have anything I else? I think to that's us. I think that's us. I think we've uh, I think abused it them long enough, haven't we? <laughs> oh God, you're not wrong. Okay. Well, because we want to spare you any future pain and torment, obviously, uh, you wonderful, lovely, beautiful souls. That is in fact the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Sayrete on Tumblr and Instagram and T Sayrete on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family, where you can chat with us about the show, read fan fiction, take part in creative challenges, and talk everything and anything bleach. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episode 19, Ichigo Becomes a Hollow. Okay, and episode 20, Ichimaru Gein's Shadow. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're dropping some names and 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 smashing oh. through a bunch of... Well, I'm really excited. I'm we'll so see excited. you souls then. Till next time, bye! Bye-bye! <laughs>